Hello, Michael. I'm good. I mean, hi. What am I saying? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Hi, how are you? You sick little baby. I'm sick. I have COVID. You sick bitch. I've had COVID all week. How dare it? How dare they? And it sucks. It really yeah. and it's not fun. What kind of symptoms you've been having? Tired and achy. Tired, achy, flu-like stuff. Yeah. Really sore muscles. Yeah. Grunge Girl had way worse, though. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And you know, it's Supreme Court shit sucks. Future Supreme Court shit sucks. Mm-hmm. The world's on fire. It just feels slightly more on fire than it was before, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel my decadent homosexual lifestyle slowly Right, being, you're a rootless cosmopolitan. <laughs> just being ripped out from under me. Yeah. I'm going to ask you how you are, Hava, and I already know how you are. How am I? I have been humbled. I have been brought low. I have been crushed under the foot of fate, sat on by Mommy Destiny. As listeners may know, I have been going through a long and exhausting process for a job where I would have made what I frequently call a life-changing amount of money. And I was really excited, and it went on for a really long time. And as I shared, I think, last week, I was selected. I don't know if I said this on the pod or not, actually, but I was selected. I was chosen. I was the chosen one. I was supposed to bring balance to the force. But then at the last second, the position was suspended for budgetary reasons. Yeah, I've never heard of something like this happening. That's funny because someone I told it to today said they'd been hearing stories about this happening recently. Because of the economic downturn. Oh, yeah. Yes, through no fault of my own. It was ripped away from me. I had been working so hard to manage my expectations throughout this process. I mean, just working so hard not to get my hopes too high up. And then finally comes the moment where I think... I did it. It's safe to get my hopes up. Little did I know that was just a ploy by the universe to lure me out of hiding in order to get me more fully. I don't think the listeners fully comprehend the extent of this bullshit. (laughs) On Friday, you got an email that you forwarded to me. You sent it to me. Mm -hmm. That was like, you've been selected. We're just going to get the CFO to sign their name on the dotted line and we'll have an offer for you on Monday. Mm -hmm. And then Monday comes around. And they're like, nope, we're not doing it anymore. Never mind. That is the level of horse shit that we're talking about, people. Yes. I don't know if we should include that section because it could, it might come back later. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we love you, company. Thank you for the consideration. <laughs> we love corporations on this show. I'm just happy to be a part of the process, you know, meet the team. Yeah. So, you know, I had a big cry about that. And now I've been reorienting myself to all of the plans that I had canceled because I thought I had this job. So that is hard, quite difficult indeed. But otherwise, materially, my life is still the same amount of stable as it was before this process. My wonderful boyfriend continues to work at his job that helps us live in our cozy little cat nest. Chonk is laying here beside me on the floor. So, you know, (sighs) ultimately things are okay. I haven't been thinking about this. I've been playing video games and doing work, so (laughs) I haven't really been getting into my feelings 
about this until this moment. But I had my big crying days, and now I'm trying to move into my acceptance days. <sighs> Much like Nadia in Russian Doll, which is not what we're going to talk about today, but will forever haunt our podcast with its references. Uh, yeah, so that's my... That's my life. I got a tall boy of Corona waiting for me in the fridge after this episode for my Shabbat beer. Shabbat Shabir. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Boyf just went out and got it for me. I didn't know you were a Corona, a lager drinking kind of lady. I like, I just grew, I don't know. It just, that's what is normal to drink where I grew up. So, I mean, I think that's cool. I hate all beer except lager. It's all bullshit. But like, you know, all that fancy beer that you people drink out there, it sucks. <laughs> lager is fun. I thought you were referring to me amongst you people. I was like, I'm not one of the people. Here's what I have to say about pop culture. I've been watching the new Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds. It has been blowing my mind. It's the best Star Trek of our lifetime. Really? Really? Uh, Yeah. Better than Voyager? Okay, well, that's complicated. Okay, I forgot that Voyager came out in our lifetime. (laughs) Also, many things came out in our lifetime, actually, I'm now realizing. Is this the one that Tignataro is a character in? No, that's Discovery. Okay, so this is a new one that isn't Discovery. Yes, it it has some connections to Discovery, but it is different a different series it is basically a prequel to the original series but they're making them at the same time like discovery and this new one kind Mm -hmm. of like they did voyager and next gen at the same they overlapped a little bit yeah i mean star trek they're just making all kinds of treks nowadays so it's good oh my god strange new world is so good the thing that it has that makes it so much better than any other like modern trek like trek that has been made since the classic shows is that it is is episodic rather than one overarching narrative. The problem with Discovery, although many things about Discovery are great, and I love it, so don't come for me, Discovery fans, is that Discovery is like one plot through the whole season, which is very un-Star Trek-like. Well, yeah, besides DS9, but yeah. But even DS9 is like the one plot of DS9 is stretched out over many seasons. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I have a pop cultural prediction, actually, that that, that your oh, preference great. for the episodic is actually going to increase in general. I think we're done with the great. miniseries. Prestige TV is dead. Prestige TV is dead. We need episodic Monster of the Week stuff to, like, dull our senses. I love it. Take me back to the Sailor Moon days, baby. Oh, yeah. I just started watching for the first time ever. And you're going to be a little envious of me. Avatar, The Last Airbender. <gasps> I yes. am so envious of you, yes. you beautiful baby angel. You don't even know what's coming your way. Can you guess what my favorite character is? Or um, who my favorite well, character is? Well, how far are you? I don't know what characters you've encountered yet. Like season one. Oh, okay. So not very episodes. many characters. So you haven't encountered Azula yet? No. No, don't definitely not. You don't, you'll figure it out. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know who. Appa, Appa. Oh, Appa's so sweet. I love that fucking flying bison. Me too. That's funny. I was just watching some Avatar The Last Airbender. I've seen, I mean, I've seen The Last Airbender and the sequel series Legend of Korra all the way through like four or five times at least. So, oh, welcome to it. You are so blessed to be encountering it fresh. Honestly, season one of The Last Airbender is one of the hardest parts to get through because they I think they really get into their groove as it goes on. Oh, yeah. That's what Grunge Girl told me. Yeah, it's really, I feel like once you start getting to the season one finale, that's when it starts to pick up. Like halfway through making season one, they were like, wait, 
let's make this like really good though. Halfway through, they like took another hit off the pipe and they were like, wait, what if we made this like really good? Well, so far it's been, it's redeemed itself from its earlier episodes and I'm really enjoying Just through Appa. Appa. Well, Appa and also now the large-eared Oof. lemur. Oh, Momo. You got some Appa plots ahead of you, baby. I'm excited. Okay. We got to stop talking about pop culture because okay. all right, all right, all right, weirdly all right. enough, that's not what our podcast is about. It's about pop culture from a couple thousand years ago. What are we doing this week, Hava? This week, we're going back, back to the classics where I just pick some shit and talk about it. Yeah, fuck it. Just pick some yeah. shit and talk about it. So I just picked out a few little lines that I've studied in a couple classes before. There's some pretty classic Talmudic tropes to explore. So we are in Sanhedrin 17a. We're talking about what's up with a Sanhedrin, which funnily enough is a Greek word. I did not realize that until I studied this sugya. It's oh, really? funny to think that a concept that is so central to Judaism is the Greek word. These distinctions of Masechet titles and stuff like that, I wonder when they originated. Yeah, I don't know a lot about that question, but I would like to know more. Maybe a topic for you to research for a patron yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just funny to think that there might be a Mishnah title that is derived from a Greek word, you know, mm. with the whole oral Torah thing. Yeah. Hedron is like the same thing we have in like a tetrahedron. It's like the same... I don't know what word to say. It's like not a suffix. It's like a some other linguistic part. Basically, Sanhedrin literally means sitting together. Like sin as in synthesis and hedron as in a shape. Sinhedrin sitting okay. together. Anyway, so we're talking about the Sanhedrin and we read on 17a. Amar of Yochanan, ein moshivin b'Sanhedre ella ba'ale koma, uv ale chokma, uv ale mare, uv ale zikna. Rabbi Yochanan said, we don't appoint anyone to our Sanhedrins except for masters of stature or height, masters of wisdom, masters of countenance, masters of age, of suitable age, and masters of sorcery. Mm, yeah, this is pretty neat. Which I, I always am fond of translating this word. The word ba'ale like a Baal Teshuvah or the Baal Shem Tov, master of the good name, also means to fuck. So I am fond of translating this as we don't put anyone in Sanhedrin except for tall fuckers, wise fuckers, hot fuckers, old fuckers, and sorceress fuckers. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think about that, Michael? Oh, well, two different directions to go with it for me that instantly jump out. Two paths to Virgin Yellowwood. I know that there's a whole bunch of discussion about how can someone be a master of sorcery if they're Jewish. In the Talmud, maybe outside the Talmud, there's this whole explanation. You need to be a master of sorcery to, you know, be on the Sanhedrin. So you have to learn it, but you're learning it so that you can recognize it in the world, not so you can mm -hmm. do it. So I've heard that right, Which is like classic. I'm imagining a cop drama now. For instance, the classic TV series Prestige TV at its pinnacle. Hannibal, oh, yeah. in which someone is like studying a serial killer so much that they become a serial killer. Now I want to see like the Talmud prestige TV series where it's like, I've, I'm too close to the sorcery. <laughs> I'm getting sucked in. What's that movie where it takes place in like gay 1980s New York where the undercover cop pretends to be the gay guy? Uh, Cruisin'? Cruisin', yes, yes. Uh, Sam introduced me to that movie. It's really good. That makes so much sense. Uh, my Sam, my equivalent of Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Introduced me to that movie as well. 
Yeah, it's really good. I think there is something there. And then also something that never occurred to me until you read it with the emphasis that you read it. Mm-hmm. Can you read the first line again? Amar of Yochanan, we don't put anyone on the Sanhedrin. You didn't say put on the first time. I think you said like... Oh, I said a point, I think is what I said. Yes, the word is literally like we don't seat them. So that made me think if you just were to say that, like we don't appoint anyone to the Sanhedrin, comma, mm-hmm. except these kind of people, which makes me now think maybe oh. most of the people on the Sanhedrin got there through some, I don't know, divine way or some way through some non-appointed non-elected sanhedrin members is what you're saying exactly so it's like a two-body situation where like one body of the sanhedrin is somehow divinely appointed it is created and then the other one is like okay these are people that were like allowed on because they were master fuckers right it's like the house of commons versus the house of lords yeah kind of kind of yeah these are the losers for the common people and like these are the actual fancy boys yeah yeah appointed by god I don't think that's the way that we're meant to read it, but I just the way you said it. Yeah, I don't think it's a way either, but I also don't know a lot about Sanhedrin appointments, like in a serious, like a rigorous matter is like if you asked me to outline the step by step process of how the appointments are made, I couldn't do it, which I don't think I don't really think that's a Talmud's agenda in telling us this stuff anyway. I don't think they're trying to give us a how to manual. With regard to the Sanhedrin, we can talk about what I think the agenda is once we get to the end of this paragraph. Whenceforth, I will continue. We yod im ba'ayin lashon shelo tehei Sanhedrin shomeat mi pi hametirkeman. And they also need to know 70 languages so that the Sanhedrin will not have to hear from the mouth of a translator. Oh. Yeah. Why do you think, why? How come you think that is? I could totally, I could totally like progressive drosh this for you. (laughs) Here's my attempt of being a Havura leader on a college campus. Here I go. Oh my God. You throw so much shade on progressive Judaism. (laughs) No, no. For the co-host of what would obviously be a progressive Jewish podcast. No, no, no. You know, you can, you can throw shade at something that you are. Actually, the first thing that comes to mind is because of this whole Supreme Court thing and how these people on the Supreme Court suck. And -hmm. I was thinking of those 60 languages as not languages like French and English, but like different types of English vernacular or like the language of Mm -hmm. the youth. Interesting. I mean, that's also kind of literal. I I meant more just like... Dialects? Not even dialects, but like different ways of being, which Mm -hmm. which always contain different languages right ultimately even if you both speak english that's a cool way to think about it yeah these people in the supreme court have no concept of different ways of being they definitely don't seem to be aware of like 60 varieties of being you know no that definitely does not seem to be the case that's interesting i never considered it that way the the classic way to interpret it is just like if you're hearing testimony you want to be able to hear the testimony in its original language so that you can be sure you fully understand it, which is an issue that very much crops up in in legal systems today. So here's what I want to ask you, Michael. Yes, ask me. Why do you think this is here? What are they trying to tell us? What are they trying to tell us? Are the rabbis literally telling us, hey, you guys in the future, when you convene your Sanhedrins, here's the qualities you need to have. Well, I don't know. The way that you're winding me up for this, Hava. <laughs> I know. it's it's. I'm really not doing a very good job of leading you to the conclusion, but I'm hoping that you'll have at least a different take from mine, because while I think the literal idea is definitely not the way to go, I think there are a lot of 
ways to think about what's happening here. Well, it reminds me of, of the episode that you did where you talked about the uh, children who were born in the, um, you know, in the fucking... You know me too well, you crafty little bitch. I know, I know. So, you know, they talk about the situation where the, for, for the red heifer preparation, mm-hmm. they raise the Right, kids the courtyard the babies. Courtyard babies, and how that's like impossible... So they could be saying that, like, we're never going to return. <laughs> Sorry, I just got tickled imagining courtyard babies as, like, the equivalent of rabbinical Montessori schools. <laughs> it's like, I was a courtyard baby, so, like, I'm really ahead for my age group. You know how people are tweeting different things the Democratic Party could be doing right now to, like, get, yeah. you know, oh, like, a clinics on federal land. and Like anything. Part of me is like, yeah, we should also do the whole courtyard baby thing. Cor- bring back courtyard babies. Back courier babies. I don't know how it'll help, but it might. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Remember a time when children were raised in a courtyard so that they wouldn't come into contact with the impurity of dead bodies? Oh, Pepperidge yeah. Farm remembers. Mm, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so I think that you're going to say that they're trying to show how ridiculous or how yeah. impossible it is to really ever create. Uh, to ever be on the Sanhedrin and to therefore to mm-hmm. ever have a Sanhedrin, that, that it really is impossible for there to be a supreme religious court. Court, if yes. you will. Yes, yes. If, yes, exactly. This episode will be called The Impossibility of a Supreme Court. So I kind of think that you're running... <sighs> That's my scam. That's your scam. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying. You're right. You're fucking right that's what i was gonna say i mean i think part of the reason is intriguing is like we of course we have all kinds of tall tales about all our all of our rabbis but i have to imagine that at least a sizable portion of them did not fit this description they weren't all tall hot wise old sorcerers who knew 70 languages yeah there's only one george clooney per millennium (laughs) so it's interesting to imagine someone being like this is who we should look up to and it's not me um number seven will surprise you 10 qualities of a sanhedrin judge (laughs) yeah and just to think about like what is the agenda of someone saying like this is who i think should be in charge and it should be someone who's way better than me and also prettier than me i agree i think the agenda that i'm most most persuaded by is that they're sort of saying like this is not going to work out because how could there be any judge that was like fit enough to serve on such a court so we got to come up with something else but on the other hand it could also just be aspirational we've already talked about there are aspirational qualities within here yes like knowing 70 languages as much as it is from one direction of looking at it sort of an impossible quality to possess in partnership with all the rest of them. From another way of looking at it, it's speaking to a virtue at the heart of it. Yeah, yeah. Were you in part inspired by recent events to bring this? I was not. I was inspired by I have studied this and I had a shitty week. So I wanted to bring something that I had already spent a lot of time thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I chose this. And it's a it's a classic, you know? It's yeah. one of those sugyas of Talmud that most Talmud students will encounter eventually in their time studying Talmud. But now that we've gone around to it, obviously it has a lot of resonance with our so-called Supreme Court. Not packed with Va'ale anything. They are fuckers, though. Yeah, well, they got that part right. They're just missing the other six qualities. I kind of feel like if Sotomayor came out and was like, guys, I actually am a master of sorcery. (laughs) 
I welcome it. A step forward for democracy. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Sotomayor, more like sorcerer mayor. Oh, God. I, okay. I went on a date with an MB a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And we got really blitzed together. Uh-huh. And at one point in the conversation, they told me one of my friends parties with Sonia Sotomayor. I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe I she don't parties. Know. I think she might. I don't know. I think she would have tighter infosec on her party crew. I don't know. You heard it here. It's hearsay. <laughs> Breaking news. Sonia Sotomayor parties with people who are friends with an NB that Michael got drunk with one time. Look, look, it's hearsay from a reliable drunk NB source. Okay. <laughs> and on this podcast, that is ironclad. <laughs> That is the highest source of truth we have in this world. That was a cool date. We went on a walk and we saw a deer, so that was kind of neat. Well, you know what that means. Well, that's all I brought. We spent most of our time talking shit, and that's the way it should be. That's right. We did. That's right. That's how we do it, people. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for tuning in to another week of our bullshit. Fuck the Supreme Court. Next week, I don't know, maybe we'll do another Russian doll episode. Maybe we'll do a listener question. Mm -hmm. You just have to Mm -hmm. tune in and find out. Depends, you know, what kind of crises happen between now and then. And on that note, Shavuot Tov, listeners. Shavuot Tov.